Today, we will be diving into many topics such as social media, gratuity-free pricing, hair competitions, and how she stays unapologetically honest. And without further ado, welcome Kayla to the podcast. Like, Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We Hi, how's it technical going? difficulties, but we've got it going now. We're all up and running. Up and running. So tell us a little about yourself. Um, my name is Kayla Walker, and I have been in the industry for like, I think, 18 years. I started out commission. I um, got too big for my britches, moved to New York City, oh. fell flat on my face. And okay. then <laughs> the, the, this is my, my career condensed down as quickly as possible. I became a, an independent stylist, um, not wanting to, I was forced into it, not really forced, but New York didn't work out. So I came back home to my hometown and didn't want to go back to a commission salon. So I was kind of like, Cold, kicking and screaming into being a business owner and then realized like, oh, actually I'm pretty good at this. And I left because I didn't think I could do the kind of hair I wanted to do in my small town. I thought I needed to be in New York city. And then turns out that I just had to create it where I was. I love that. I mean, that's the brief yeah. synopsis of where the we're brief at. Synopsis. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Kayla and I connected, we've connected on social media in the past. Like, I don't know when I feel like I've just like always followed you. Yeah. I have no idea. It feels like a couple of years. Yeah. But then through the independent beauty, uh, co kind of summit situation we went to in Dallas, which was kind of like a whirlwind of for like 48 hours. It was just yeah. like so much, but it's like, I left feeling more energized than I did going there, which says a lot about the whole thing. Right. Yes. Um, but we got to hang out there and chat and have coffee and hang out yeah. and get deep. Was, yeah. Yeah. Get to give me pep talks. It's great. <laughs> Late night pep talks. Late night yes, pep talks. Of course. I'm like, and then Brit made me cry. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it cries easily, but okay. So let's kind of go into my first question, which I feel like is going to be super broad, but because you touched on it a little bit about how you felt that you couldn't do the hair you wanted to where you are. So you felt like you had to leave. So you got into education, right? Yeah. Did you go straight into educating your kind of niche, which is, you know, your small town stylists? kind of like they can obviously have their dream career wherever they are. Did you start right. there or did you start doing technical education? I was kind of all over the map um, in the beginning. I've, I knew I wanted to be an educator for a very long time. Actually, when I was 18, I went to my first hair show and I was like, someday I'm going to be a platform artist, which now that's not really a thing, but that was, you know, that was the goal when I was 18. But I... I was really trying hard to work for a brand and do technical education. And then I kind of felt like this is actually where I am an expert. I have learned to do this and done it well and done all the trial and error on my back end. And now I can help other hairstylists. It doesn't even have to be small town, but other hairstylists leap forward through my trial and error, they can skip over that by mm -hmm. just like kind of using the knowledge that I've already acquired mm -hmm. over 
the 10 years of building this business that I already have going on. So yeah, like take your mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. So I started, yeah, I started wanting to be a color educator with, and I was just, I wanted to work for a color line. And then this kind of evolved into like, no, my magic is actually what I've built in my own small town. And I know that I could teach other people how to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I hired a coach to teach me how to be a facilitator. I love that. I love it. Because believe me, I think, I mean, myself included and others, I think I'm in this place where you, which you and I have kind of dove into it's what is the step to align with someone or to do it yourself? Like, you know, you can align with somebody and do it their way, or you can do it your way, you know, if it's working for you. Right. And I think that is the the beauty of social media right now is that we do have the ability to have independent education and not always brand sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. So how exactly did you get into, like, how did you figure out exactly what your niche was, your small town thing, like through just that trial and error? And, um, I took a course, um, that was a year long course from another very well-known hairstylist and felt like it was great, but I felt like, okay, I'm already doing everything that she wants us to do to be high, to be successful and next level as a hairstylist. And I was like, okay, so if she's teaching people, she was from like, you know, somewhere in California, she's Mm -hmm. teaching normies to be like a California (laughs) stylist. I was like, I could teach small, (laughs) yeah, yeah, a small (laughs) celebrity stylist. Yeah, I could teach small town stylists how to have a business like me, which isn't like California amazing, but it's pretty damn good for a town of 14,000 people. So I, it was funny that I was like, I'm just going to use this as a basis and kind of jump off of that. And then through conversation, I found my coach and that is, Hey, Elizabeth Fay. And she, um, what she took me through a whole process of, um, it's called education foundations. And that whole process helps you niche down and find exactly what it is that your core mission was. And then teaches yeah. safe facilitation. Cause you can go out there and just teach, but you could also be unhealthy doing that. So it's mm. that background of teaching you how to do it safely. I love that. That's cool. That's cool. Like I like that terminology. You know, normies might be my favorite thing you just said, but uh, <laughs> but I I like going out there and being safe because it can feel super vulnerable out yeah. there trying to figure it out. And like, are you? Is this is this the right path for you? Is this the right way? Yes. Are you being your truest self? Are you trying to be somebody else? Are you trying to be what you think yes. people need you to be or to be successful? Right? Because we see a lot of the same. I'm going to put it as a genre of people teaching and it until you get to maybe more of those boutique style, smaller classes. I, I personally feel like you get a different kind of person. Like they're just more raw, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, sometimes I like, I love that social media has the ability to give a lot of people the power to be an independent educator, but sometimes just because you're good at doing something does not mean you can effectively teach other people how to do it. Yeah. And that is where I didn't want to be that I wanted. I mean, I'm not an, (laughs) I'm not an influencer, but I didn't want to just be that person that has a high following count and be like, okay, I can go teach a class now. Or I'm successful in a thing. So I'm going to teach other people how to do it. I wanted to make sure that 
I knew how I was going to do it, to do it safely, and that I was doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it wasn't, and, yeah. and the reasons aren't because I want to be known as an educator. They're they're because I want to change this industry on like the most minute level, starting in small towns. I think there's more small towns than big cities. So there's a lot more small towns. So I, I think cities. you are on to something. I mean, I'm from a small town. So a lot of what I, you say, I might be very close to a major cities, but I'm right. in a very small town. People come to my salon from other towns around Connecticut and they're like, you live in the country. I'm like, do I? Like, I don't <laughs> feel like it. I'm like, we have every, we have a target. Like, <laughs> we have you know, a target. I don't think of it as a small town, you know? Right. Yep. Yeah. That's great. What would you say your biggest struggle is when you, that you face when you're educating on this particular topic? Um, Which is honestly, small towns. it is, it's mindsets. I, yeah. I want to bring the education to small towns because generally speaking for what I know in my own small town, Minneapolis, I'm in Minnesota and Minneapolis is two hours away. And a lot of our stylists in our area don't even feel comfortable driving to Minneapolis by themselves and taking classes, let alone getting on an airplane and flying somewhere. So small towns tend to be kind of education deserts. So I want to bring education to them because I don't think they realize how badly they need it. Mm. But now it's really hard to convince them that they need it. Okay. It's that mindset. Their mindset is not there yet. They see this investment of a ticket as like, it's really expensive. But if, what is the cost if you don't invest in this ticket? Of course, of course. Do you find that through the power of social media, there's more messaging about like, you can get education. There's so many different ways to get education. And, you know, I mean, you do a lot of like on your page, you do a lot of like sprinkling of educational pieces that it's easy to be like, oh, if she was in my area, I'd take her class, you know? Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, Now kind of like, turning a little bit do you have any advice for people trying to figure out their niece message because you found yours you're comfortable and I think you're doing an amazing job at it obviously I'm I'm, I love it but I'm like (laughs) I'm easy to please I feel like but (laughs) do you have any advice for people like you said you used a business coach do you feel like that was a necessary step or do you feel like you could have got there on your own maybe not as quickly or effectively A hundred percent. I do think I would have eventually gotten to this conclusion on my own, but it would have, yes, it would not have been as quickly. It would not have been been as effective and kind of like, um, you know, what I want to do with other hairstylists is what my coach did with me. I hired somebody that's already done everything that I want to do. So she's already done all the trial and error and she can give me like the fastest track to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be that way. I think that whole, like starting, like finding out what your why is like mm-hmm. that truly kind of helps boil things down. You don't need a coach to do that, but sometimes, sure. um, external perspective on your, the things that run around in your own head over and over and over mm-hmm. is sometimes the best version of sight that you can have because, somebody seeing it like objectively. Yeah. I don't think I've ever even realized that I just organically teach when someone else is around me and ask questions. I had an assistant when I, when I broke my foot, I had an assistant 
And she goes, you know, you're really, you just like, I've learned a lot from you. And she only helped me out for like three months. You know, she's like, I learned a ton. And then when I opened my salon and I had one of my, uh, my first renter and it was just her and I for two months building, she was like, yeah, you should, you should teach a class. And then I just did it. And I was like, I felt really great. I got super energized by it. And it's like, now I'm like, oh, can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. We do, you know, you do kind of stumble into the things that are meant for you, but you know, for the people that are kind of wondering, you know, what their direction is, you know, you Mm -hmm. kind of can find the things that you are pulled towards the things that you gravitate towards the most often. Yeah. Yeah. Which believe me, you and I had a a very long conversation about things I thought that I needed and you're like, but you did it on your own anyway, but we're going to go down that rabbit hole. But all right. So, (laughs) um, something that I I've seen on your page that I just have a ton of questions about, um, personally, which I feel like it's just because it's something I've never heard. I feel like you have lots of terminology on your page that it's super unique. So it, you're like, oh, I've never, I don't know what that is. Like, I want to know more. It's like, it gets you to click the follow button and really engage, right? Like is super unique and cool. And I would love more explanation on is what does it mean to be a 60 second hair coach? Okay. That's so funny because I actually kind of abandoned that idea oh! and maybe, maybe I should go back to it. So because you still do it, I think I know what you mean by it, but nobody's ever put a term to it. I still do it, but I, yeah, I don't put, so I, I was trying, that was me trying to find my niche. That was me trying to find, like, I wanted to have a podcast, but I didn't want to have a podcast, but I want to just speak to people plainly and authentically and just the way I want to. So I didn't want to do reels that are voiceovers. I just wanted to talk to people. So I came up with this like 60 second hair coach. Like it's a podcast, but it's only me talking to you for 60 seconds. But now, now reels can be 90 seconds. So it could be a (laughs) under two minute hair coach, but it's just, you know, something that I want to say that I'm going to boil down to the most condensed, precise version possible so that you can consume it quickly and it has the most impact. And they're usually, um, for me, they're, I want, I want, I want everybody, women, especially, but hairstylists just to have more confidence. I want Mm -hmm. them to run their business with more confidence. So usually my 60 second, 90 second reels are in trying to instill confidence in other hairstylists and independent beauty, you know, people that own their own business. Yeah. I mean, from what I see, you'll take your stories and you'll put that into a reel so that it's yeah. like, Oh, did you miss yep. my stories? Well now yep. all of you can hear it. It's there. Yep. <laughs> and it's yep. great because sometimes you, you say stuff as you go on these little rants. Cause I've done it. I do. And my I stories do and you go off. Well, I didn't, we all do That's yep. Cause you know what? Yep. We get empowered by something and we are, we are expressive people and we yep. get on there and we're like, that and then <laughs> some people are like, Oh, where was that? Like, you should really post about it. And you're like, I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I yep. said. I know the message, but I don't remember exactly what I said. And it'll never come up again exactly the right yep. way again. And in my stories, I could go on, I mean, it could be like 15 minutes and I'll just blabber on and on and on. But I, I love like, so I much like that talk. you'll say, I just went off on a tangent, so I'm gonna delete all that. <laughs> and yeah. then we're gonna come back and come say yeah. like, hello. I, I have done that, yes. Yes. Tangents are my thing. Yep. It's all right. It's all right. So, um, I'm going to jump into, I'm going to skip around here on some of the questions I have, but, um, 
were you always so transparent and honest on your social media like you are today? Yeah, I have just no you. other way to be. It is it is just me. It has been me my whole life for better or for worse. I I don't I I always go back to the I don't know whose quote it was, but that honesty without tact is cruelty. So I try really hard to have the tact with it and to have the kindness with it. But um, I am, I don't want to use the word brutally honest, but I am unapologetically honest. I just, I don't have any other way to be. I don't sugarcoat things. I don't, I won't baby people. Mm -hmm. I just say things. And Mm -hmm. if you like it, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too. It's just, I don't have any other way to be. I mean, cue the the name of my podcast. My mom said I never needed to be coddled and I don't coddle people, not even my kids. Exactly. Like if they're like really hurt, I'll coddle them. But it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you have it. Well, there's comfort. I'm just not that person. Yeah. There's comforting and there's coddling. And I think that there's um, a little too much um, handholding in this world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people just need to hear things straight. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those things that sting are the things that you needed to hear the most. Yeah. There's definitely some stuff that I think we all can say, like what's led us both to where we are today, especially in our careers, things that were said to us that in the moment hurt and we just thought were cruel and mean and belittling. And and maybe they were because maybe the delivery wasn't exactly done with tact, right? Yes. But um, because they were done to control rather than, you know, but anyway, I can go down that forever. But some of the things that were said, the key message in there sometimes is stuff that you should really take yep. to heart and you're like oh okay no I mean you you might be right I don't like how yep. you said it to me but you might be right right and sometimes with perspective it um the, t- the perspective of time you you realize that person's intention maybe wasn't to hurt it was to empower sometimes. but it looked yeah sometimes and yeah. sometimes it truly was just control yeah but yes yeah I mean, I think we have that in common, like the honest, you know, your honesty, my honesty, like I, I've tried to do things differently to try to Mm -hmm. be more maybe appealing to masses and it just doesn't work. It's not me. Same. Same. (laughs) I can't do it. Same. I mean, I, I think you reach a point in your life where 30. You have to really, yeah. So for me, yeah, for me, it was probably like maybe 35 or maybe no, probably younger than that. It took, it was when I, I went through postpartum with my son. And so that was 2019. And those seven months after my son was born, where I was in a personally dark place with a smile on my face, but my head inside, it was like in the shower, I'm I'm bawling my eyes out kind of thing. Um, I had to really like look within because I came from a toxic salon culture and I had to learn like what lessons were beneficial and like, what were the things that were said to me that I should take to heart? And, you know, not that those people were completely right. Right. But how, how, how should I change, but what should I not change? Because at the end of the day, I had to teach myself that I like me. So if you don't like me, that's okay. But I like me. So I'm not going to change myself to fit who you think I should be. I am who I am. I respect you for who you are. So let's just respect each other for who we are and not sit there and say, oh, you need to be more like this. Like that's something that you can just say, you know what you might want to try instead of, like there's just ways you can say it that it can be received better. But I like me. 
So yeah, you know, exactly. it's all right. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I also have a, a thing that I say all the time is that I would rather be loved or hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be something else and have that be the version of people, yeah. that version of me that people like. And I think, I feel like we may have talked about this in Dallas, but I definitely, when I worked at the salon prior to going off on my own, I had a really hard time figuring out where I fit in there because I was trying to be who I thought these people wanted me to be, to fit into their culture. I just didn't fit in and that was okay. I just was in a position where I was told that if I left, I wasn't going to be successful. And it took a long time to learn that I could be and to take that risk. But it, you know, you, it's like, yeah, no, you guys, like, I, I don't, I don't fit in here and I'm not the most loved stylist in this business, (laughs) not necessarily by the client, my clients who sat in my chair, liked me, but my fellow stylists didn't. Why? Because I wasn't really being myself. I was being who I thought they needed me to be or wanted me to be. And I, came off as insincere. Oh, you feel like I'm not sincere yep. because I'm not being <laughs> because I'm not because right. I'm not. And it took a long time to figure out that I didn't yep. realize that I was even doing it because I'm a, I like to be liked, but you know what? I like to be liked by me more. <laughs> so it's a true story. Yep. Right. Like my you're the one that you me. have to go to. Well, I was yeah. saying you're the one you have to go to bed with at the end of the night, but I guess, yeah, no, but we spend the most but, time yeah. with ourselves. Yep. With if ourselves. you don't like you, then nobody else is going to like you. It's you a have true to, story. yeah, you have to acknowledge that. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we can go down that rabbit hole. Back to and that definitely. whole confidence thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It takes time. It takes time. It 37 going on 38. All right. So oh, I get to be 38 tomorrow. Oh, well, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank this you. This won't air on your birthday, but Thank everyone you. can wish you a happy birthday belated. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> now that I know how to edit this, I can get it up fast. The last time took me some time. But all right. So let's kind of circle back a little bit. So another topic that you talk about on your social media ton, which I feel like it's not talked about. It's it's talked about. It's not for from my feed. It's not super mainstream yet, but I do hear it from you and people in actually other industries within the beauty industry. Um, but why did you make the switch to gratuity free pricing? Um, I just did a whole live on this and people could like go down my, my rabbit hole of on my feed, but I have, you know, there is a bunch of, um, in America, racism or tipping is rooted in racism and feminism and, or not feminism. Oh my gosh. I literally just woke up from a nap, like 45 that minutes ago. Nice. So my, I've been my up brain since six is o'clock with my children. So. Oh, oh. Um, anyway, so there's, it's probably, it's been problematic in minute in the United States since the beginning of our country, but you could Google all of that and find all of that problematic. There's a really great, um, podcast called flightless bird on tipping whatever there's all of that but personally for me it was much more selfish than like oh I want to do the right thing it was because I wanted to raise my prices significantly and I felt like if I raised my prices this 25% that I wanted to and then asked for a 20% tip on top of it I was gonna feel like an asshole and I wasn't Mm -hmm. gonna be able to stick to my guns. And that is what I'm preaching to other people 
is set your price and stick to your guns. So I got rid of gratuity. I built in that 20%, raised 5% on top of that. And now I've done biannual price increases since then. And I do it so I can continue to raise my prices because people you'll hear people talk about other things where they'll say, well, after tip, I had to pay. And they always, they separate that, you know, pre-tip price and the post-tip price. But the complaint is always about the post-tip price. Mm. Yeah. And then, so to be able to give me the freedom to raise my prices whenever I want to, whenever I need to, whenever, you know, the inflation of the market tells you to, but also to give the freedom to my clients that it's unanimous across the board, because, you know, some people tip you $5 flat, some people tip you 30%. So then it didn't feel even that some people, you know, they tip better. So you give them better treatment, whatever. And I will not let other people determine my value. They don't get to tell me how much they think I'm worth because I'm the professional. I want I, I did this in my life. Tell me what other licensed professionals accept tips. Go ahead. I'll wait. Well, it's beauty industry. I mean, I can just go down. us. Just, just us. us. Because even because somebody well, would say, yeah, oh, you're doing a everything, service. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? So is your dental hygienist. And she True. has a license. And she's True. getting paid hourly. But you don't, you don't tip her. Very true. Yeah. Now, are you a packaged pricing structure or are you hourly? I have done it all. I did okay. hourly. I got our, you and our favorite salon scale. Yes. So then I did hourly plus product cost. Okay. And then I leapt from the hourly plus product cost to all inclusive and added, then that's when I went up 25%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally have researched the hourly and for me, there's still so many questions that I I like my packages and I raise yeah. them based on a percentage now. And I don't think I feel hourly... compensated even if my clients didn't tip me. So that's why I always wonder. Yes. I mean, do I appreciate it? Yes. And I'm never going to tell them no, but <laughs> they're listening. I'm never going to say no. I'm like, well, it's up to you. Um, <laughs> but I still have clients that uh, want to tip because they feel uncomfortable. And I always yeah. tell them that if you feel like you need to do something else to, you know, show a token of gratitude, you can go buy product. Yeah. And my product sales have gone through the roof since getting rid yeah, of tipping. Don't go to, don't go to the, don't go to Sephora and Ulta and Amazon. Yeah. Buy it for me. Because yes, you I can sell the same product. See them, you can see them doing mental math in their head when you're like, did you need that shampoo and conditioner today? And yeah. they're like, doing mental math. And if you take away that 20 to 30% tip on top of an already, you know, three to $400 service, they're like, Oh, absolutely. I can get the shampoo yeah. and conditioner. Yeah. And it's a win-win for both of us. Like they get yeah. something to take home tangible with their extra money. And then their hair is in better condition next time I do their yeah. hair. Yeah. And it's just, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. My nail tech went um, hourly with tip included and it's still at the end. I'm just like, wait, so just, just that you're like, it, cause it's weird, you know, it it's is. weird to not do it because of we're so conditioned to yep. do it one way, you know, yep. that's super cool. I mean, I love it. So I want to go into a topic that you and I have spoke to agnosium, <laughs> um, yes. but 
I feel like because it's still going on and maybe some of us are still reeling from the, some of the side effects of these, we're going to go into award competitions, hair, hair and beauty industry competitions, because you have received nomination for your suite two years ago. Right. And then this past year or last year, and then this year you also suite and hair or Um, I have been top 106 times last year and this year, last year, it is cool. I'm not pretending. Yeah. And then last year I finished top five for my suite and this year I got top 25 for hair. I also was nominated for educational post top 100 this year, which is super awesome. It is. It is super awesome. It is. Those are the ones that they just mean something because you're like, I've worked really hard on that. Yes. Thanks for saying it. Yeah. It is. It is incredibly amazing to know that your work was picked out of hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of entries. But as you and I have talked about it, had I won, had I you know, even getting a top five, top five finish, top 25, whatever it is, it didn't change my life. Mm-hmm. I would, even if I won, I would still go home and shit, shower and shave like everybody else in the world. I don't know if I can swear on here, but too late. You Sorry, can. I did. We're good. Okay, good. It's called the honest podcast or honest okay, good. podcast. Okay. We're honest. Uh, F- Fuck's my favorite word. I'm just going to Perfect. Sorry if my grandma listens to this, which she won't, but <laughs> sorry, she's grandma. too old, but she will not. She but doesn't even know what this is. <laughs> I think a lot of people put stock into these contests thinking that it is going to be the thing that launches whatever it yes. is that they desire. And I was and, 100% somebody yep. who believed that and yep. was not ready for you to tell me that. I was like, no, I want it. <laughs> but I want it. Cause I think I need it. Yes. And you're like, no. And I'm like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, Kayla. Like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> and I want you to want it. I want you yeah. to want it for yourself, but I yeah. don't want you to want it thinking yes. that it's going to do something external for yes. you in your life. Because our conversation it, definitely yes. forced me to think about what it is and why I wanted that. And I want it. I, we've talked about this. I wanted it more yep. for me. I'm competitive. Yep. I was like, I worked my butt off. I got to this place, check me out. That was what yes. it was. And I was like, I could say this and I could put it up on my wall on my wall if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that is okay. But where yeah. it gets, I think where it gets dicey is where people are are feeling like their careers are made or break. Mate, mate, oh my God, made I cannot broken. talk today. Made, yes. Made or broken. Off of the the outcome of this contest yeah. and either way, I think people are going to be sorely disappointed. Like, yeah. Well, I think people if, were. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you're, cause again, you're putting your value into somebody else's hands. And mm-hmm. I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, do you, you feel though like that yourself. social media does that anyway, even besides this, don't you feel like oh, all the sharing 100%. pages can make us feel like, well, what do you mean? I've tagged such and such yes. so many times and they never share my work. And because, you know, my rentals will say to me, well, why, why are you getting those boxes? Sent mm-hmm. to you? Why are you getting this? And I'm like, I don't know. I made it onto some list and yes. I, do, I do with it what I will. Um, but don't put any weight on not getting on that list because your book is filling up, you're in demand and your work is stunning just because if they don't, post you on their page. That doesn't mean you're not getting where a client from Nebraska 
who might see that on that right. page. You need to yes. get your people from the town surrounding the town where you are. Yes. Yeah. So I think the local I, sharing pages are super yep. influential and that's where you should put your weight and your time. Yep. I have, I do kind of have a, a pet peeve of the hairstylists that I observe from the outside that seem to only want to get features. And mm-hmm. I've made a few posts and reels about this is like, what is your intent? What mm-hmm. do you think you're going to get out of it? Because yeah. if your books are full and you think this is your next step is like, oh, brands need to see me because then I can educate. Well, like you and I talked, go do it yourself. If you're yes. good at it, if you, you'll, you'll succeed. If it's going to be the thing that needs that you need to do, like if it's going to be your purpose, it will materialize for you. You don't need a brand to give you that permission. Mm-hmm. And if not, I do think that sometimes your client experience is suffering because you're so focused on the Instagram aspect of it Mm -hmm. that people are doing hair now on normal, regular paying customers, but for the outcome of Instagram. I agree. And And I've I've been guilty of putting that pressure on myself. And now my clients are like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't come in something cute. I'm like, I'm going to put a black cape over you because it's going to make blonde pop. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm like, you, even if you wore a black shirt, that's, I, I just want to capture the image well. And just with no distractions, I just put a cape on them. Like I yes. don't care about if they come with makeup on. Cause obviously, as we know, we can edit the heck out of people's faces. If we so choose to, right. um, we can make people look like anything. I mean, it's kind of wild, but I think that removing that pressure from yourself. Like you really have to acknowledge and remember like, yeah, why am I, why am I posting these pictures to get clients, not to get on a shared page? I want clients to come because they want my style, you know? Well, and I think that it is harmful how we've all gotten to the point of doing these pictures, which I'm not, I don't think the pictures inherently are harmful, but it's that culture of telling clients how to show up to their appointments Mm -hmm. because you see those posts are like, please wear this, please wear that. Now, I have been guilty of it, but I was guilty of it long enough ago that I feel like now I'm recovering. Mm -hmm. And it was, it wasn't like ubiquitous across the the platform. It wasn't every hairstylist doing it. Now it feels like every hairstylist doing it. And when you get that client coming in without makeup, apologizing, oh, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry I did. I my heart breaks that she feels yeah. like she can't. Show I'm gonna wash half of it off on your face because I exactly. am not the cleanest shampooer. So I'm like, I don't care. Or the clients that message you and say, "Hey, you took those pictures, but you didn't post one of me. Is it because I'm not pretty enough? Yeah. You didn't like my hair. You didn't like the way it turned out. Like." we're sending subliminal messages to our clients that mm-hmm. are actually affecting how they experience yeah. their, their sitting in the chair experience yep. in a negative way. And we're doing it for something that doesn't even matter. Yep. They I have a, a line I say all the time to my clients. They're like, oh, don't get my face at it. I'm like, don't worry. I'm not in the business of faces. I'm the business of hair. Yes. So yes. I want to capture exactly what I do to the best of my ability. And I will neutralize certain things to create a nice backdrop for my photo that the hair pops to the front. But I mean, I've tried doing the face shots. I don't know if it's just like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. My clients are absolutely beautiful. Majority of them are these bombshells without filters. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, give me as many filters as possible. (laughs) I don't want to go on the internet without a filter, but like my clients, like no matter the age, like everyone I think is beautiful. 
And it, we've, we just, we live in this world where like me just saying, I don't want to go on the internet without a filter on yeah. because yeah. that's just still an insecurity that lives in me that I wouldn't want my clients. Like, what if I, what if I went through and I maybe add lashes and like get rid of the shadows under their eye. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that I had shadows yes. under my eye. Right. Like I don't want to yep. ever create an insecurity in someone, or I don't want somebody to think that they need to be a model to sit in my chair. Um, I just think that that's, I mean, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for what would, what would you think for the normies? Like, that's where I feel like yeah. I'm just like a normie yep. hairdresser. I want regular people. I want soccer moms. I yes. want women who work for themselves. I want career women. I want every, you know, I don't need people to come with makeup on ever. Because the majority of us are, we are normies. We are normal yeah. hairstylists that work on normal women. Yes. And I don't want, you're right. I don't want to portray that. I only do, I only do hair if you're a 10 and I'm only going to post your picture. If you're a 10, I, I agree. All of my clients are beautiful, but if I'm, if I, I would hate for somebody to have their, for me to manipulate their image and then yeah. have them. Yeah. Feel bad about yeah. it. Yeah. Or, you know, I just, I feel like we're, and we're doing it sometimes without their consent. And yes. I just, I just think that it's a lot more problematic mm-hmm. than we, it was never meant to be problematic. We were just taking pictures of pretty hair and mm-hmm. now it's evolved into something that has started making clients feel a little bit icky about the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to, as, as normal hairstylists that just mm-hmm. work behind the chair have to start looking at, is it worth it? Is it yeah. worth it to make my client feel uncomfortable so mm-hmm. that, you know, some internet account will reshare that picture? Yeah. To what yeah. end? To what yeah. end? What are, what am I going to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it brings me back to something like that I learned in cosmetology school and I, I, I used to handle it in my like everyday consultation with my practice, but now I I like, I stopped using it for whatever reason. And now it's something that I started bringing in again, which is when someone brings you a picture where it's either, cause it used to be celebrities. Now it's just yeah. these yep. incredible hairstylists that yeah, can take yeah. photos that are editorial worthy, you know, yes. um, it's just, I am not the one, but it's like, put your thumb over the client or model's mm-hmm. face. And then do you still like the hair? Because yeah a lot of the time we want to look like the whole image. We want to look like Cameron Diaz on the red carpet, but I actually don't like how Cameron Diaz's hair looks. I just want that whole image. And it's like, so taking that, breaking down the consultation photos and being like, what, what about this? Do you like, but put your thumb over her face because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not making your face look like that. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I completely agree with that because yeah, if, if I could look like Giselle, I would, Yeah, but I, but I I don't feel like I'm not getting celebrities anymore. It is a rare occasion. I get a Jen Aniston. It's true. It's true. I am getting my people. I'm, I'm thankful to call my industry friends, you know, it's hair influencers and their model worthy clients. Friends from my high school sharing on Facebook pictures. And you're like, Oh, I know her. Cool. Yeah, that's the yep. pictures that are your goal is this particular artist. Yes. And it's just funny because you're like, yeah, you're out in Texas now. This person's still here in Connecticut. Yep. And I, she's a tangible person for me to speak to. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's very cool. All right. So circling back now, do you have advice for entering into hair competitions, which we may have kind of touched on this a little bit, but do you have any advice for people who are choosing to enter into these competitions? Because now there's another one that's happening and being announced this weekend by the time it airs, it'll have already been Mm -hmm. done. Then we've got another one happening in October. Um, So now it's like we have our own hair awards season. Um, in our yes. industry, which is crazy. Yes. It's kind of cool. I mean, I will say I'll take it is very, it's very all of cool. the next year. Yeah. But is there any advice you have for people who are entering into these competitions? I think that everybody should enter. I don't think you should wait to enter until you think your stuff is good enough because Agreed. some people are so critical that you will never be ready. You'll never feel like yeah. your stuff is good enough. So I think that you should take the chance and everybody should enter. Mm-hmm. And because all it is, is hashtagging something. So it isn't like you are putting yourself out there in a place where you're going to be publicly ridiculed if it falls flat. You're just adding a hashtag to something you were going to post already. So yes. I think that absolutely everybody should, as they say, shoot their shot and enter. However, if you are going to do that, I think that you need to take it for what it is and realize yeah. that it is super cool to have these in our industry and mm-hmm. to be celebrated if you get recognized, yeah. but not to beat yourself up if you don't and not to think that your life is going to change yes. if you do. I have one person in particular that I hope hears this. Like she <laughs> is incredibly talented and was just overlooked and she definitely gotten her feels about it. And it's yeah. like, I look at her work and I'm just like, how did I get something in this category? And you didn't, it, it's yeah. like, well, I say you are, you are amazing and talented and you are a winner yeah. of my book. Yep. You're shot, yep. shot with me. Well, and I say all the time, like your validation does not come from the internet. Like, yeah. look at your books. Are you full? Yes. Are you yes. making a shit ton of money? Are you paying your mm-hmm. bills? Are you living a comfortable life? I if think that not, goes for follower one of my business classes, but yes. It goes your, through all of it. Your worth is not coming from the, the hair awards or the likes or the follower count or anything mm-hmm. that comes on the fucking internet. Your worth yes. is coming from the real people in your real life that are yeah. choosing to spend their time with you, choosing to give their hard-earned money yeah. to you, mm-hmm. that trust you implicitly, that sit in your chair, that come back time and time again. Those that is where that is how you know you're doing a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at how long those people have been in your book, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But what was your end? Oh, I just, no, I just said, I said the end, but I said, oh, the end. And then you said, and yeah. I was like, oh, but I said, if you're not are. making a shit ton of money and you're like, you're not living a good life, then take one of my classes because I'll help your business end of it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I would say, even if you don't, maybe work alongside someone. Cause I, I feel like I'm going to give myself a humble brag here. I feel like, especially with my, my first renter who came on, she came on, she got to benefit from just learning from me. Somebody yes. who's made all these mistakes and I got to guide her. And now she's at this place where she's like, yes. wow, I look at my book and I'm booked out like three or four weeks. Yes. I feel like this next question kind of might be redundant, but I said, will you enter or end it? Well, more importantly, will you attend again? Because this time, um, will... this year, you limited your attendance to just the more mainstream events that came from your nomination. Because honestly, yes. then you were gone. <laughs> yes, I was. I saw you at said things and then you were yes. gone. 
I stayed off site. I went yeah. with my own thing. Um, I will. Did you find, did that. you find that you had a better experience that way? Um, I mean, you went yeah. with your husband, your yep. husband came. Yep. So we kind of turned it into a little trip too. And, um, I mean, I don't like Florida. So if it goes anywhere it else again, I would, yeah. I would love Denver. I would like yeah. so hard. I would yep. love Denver, Seattle, I go yeah, to a cool I, city with good coffee. I will attend. I will, I will not say that I won't attend again, but I will only attend if it's a city that I want to go to. That is, I, like I know I, I said the same thing or I would come for like, central. I would come for like 48 hours, you know, yes. and just make it real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was there a long time. Um, and cause last year we were in Austin and it was boob sweat central yeah. as well. And I'm like, I can't, well, we were just in Texas weather. or we were in yeah. Dallas. And I mean, that was in July, it was hot. It was not hot. my favorite. No, this, min- this Minnesota girl does not do that kind of yeah, heat, the, like so. the, the rooftop pool was just like, I don't know, I think it was like 100 degrees and it was 105 out. You're like, okay, disgusting, refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, so yeah, I would attend again, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I'm going at it with a much different um, mindset than I have in the past. I completely, I can completely agree with that. I think I'm going into, I have different expectations for it to to meet my you know internet hair friends and hang yeah. out with them and yeah you know have that well, like you connection. said you said you're like no now we can really say we're friends because we've yeah. met and hung out multiple yeah. times now <laughs> yeah yeah it's and I it's true I feel some connections that I felt I felt very close to these people online and you know you talk to them sometimes more than you talk to your own friends because it's like it's industry and we're on social media yeah. and it just is what it is um I'm stuck home with my kids they're stuck home with their kids it's just different but um my hair friends I put a lot of weight in some of those relationships and I've always been somebody who finds I want quality over quantity I used to live a life of thinking yeah. I needed to have many in order to feel worthy but I'd rather one good friend and now I can say like the people that I spent the most time with down in Florida and in Dallas and like the new relationships I made along the way, those have become, it's so funny. It's like, they were people who maybe wasn't as close with. And all of a sudden now I'm like, yeah, no, like we have each other's phone numbers. We text more, talk about our dogs and you know, like, (laughs) it's just, it's different. It just feels less and not that the internet feels surface, but it it is surface unless you dive in and even if you're talking to somebody, they can choose to respond. They can back up. They can kind of start over. But when you're in person and you're raw and you're just being yourself and you can yep. still turn around and say, they like me and I like them. Like that's when you really generated like real friendships, you know? Absolutely. And they're super meaningful. Um, I love them all. I love making friends. <laughs> all I right. love friends. I love making <laughs> friends. I am. I'm a super, I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Or an extroverted introvert whatever it is. I love and get so much energy from being around people, but I think we both did this out in Dallas. I'm just like, I'm just going to go up to my room and be yep. quiet just for an hour be quiet for a little bit. I'm yep. going to go and talk to no one. I just need yep. Yeah. Yep. Like <laughs> recharge. Um, all right. So my last question, which is my most fun question, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say, <laughs> but I'm asking everyone the same question. 
um caught morgan off guard with hers and now she may have i loved morgan the beehives i know it was pretty it was pretty awesome that's why at first i was like maybe you need to say industry specific i'm like no. yeah let's expand <laughs> all right what is your favorite unpopular opinion beauty industry or otherwise okay so mine is beauty industry oh well okay the it pop. isn't it isn't it is it, it is, is but it isn't <laughs> It is, but it isn't. It is, it is beauty industry, but it also, it honestly is applicable to anything. Once you hear it, you'll understand. But like Morgan said, I feel like I'm going to get some hate for this, but it's fine because again, that is, you know, sometimes if it stings, you know, maybe you were supposed to hear it. My favorite unpopular opinion is just because you are talented and good at doing something does not mean you should run a business. Yes. Just because you are a really good hairstylist. Now do you mean like working mean, for yourself, yep. owning a biz, like owning a salon, owning I mean, people work with all you of and it. stuff? I mean, yeah. a lot of really talented hairstylists that go off independent and can't run a micro business to save their mm-hmm. lives. And then you get some that go off and run a micro business really, really well. So then assume that they can run a team of people and a salon. And going back to that safe facilitation, I think that jumping into salon ownership and not knowing where your kind of... um, well, your your struggles and your why, your struggles, your hangups. Yeah. And the especially for me, it's the ones that want to own a booth rental salon just because they think that they'll get free rent out of the deal. Hmm. That is not and the case. So somebody because, owns a booth yeah, rental salon. Yeah, because they that think that the they'll, they, you know, because they don't want to be a commission salon because they don't want to be a boss. So they'll be a booth rental salon because they won't be a boss. And I'll be like, no, bitch, you're going to be the fucking boss. Yeah. You're still in charge. Yeah. And even the ones that leave commission salons because they think that the next step is to go be independent, but they have no idea or no desire to do the business end of it. Mm -hmm. And in that case, then you need to stay where you can just do hair and wash your hands of it at the end of the day yeah I totally agree I because it's 24 hours a day when you do it yourself oh yes I I wouldn't have it any other way working for myself me neither um yeah some people think that they're leaving to get more independence and they're not no (laughs) you're not um and it's it yes you can make more money because you're not essentially giving that up for someone else to do all of that so it's like if you put money on on time i'm making less but if you put money on like the physical it's like yeah i'm making more than i was working for someone obviously um because i'm doing the work but i hire you know it's i think important to have the knowledge and the humility to recognize maybe i need a business coach maybe i need a mentor an advisor a bookkeeper a good accountant and you're spending money to have that independence. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I think it's okay for people. I think right now there's so much shade thrown on commission salons and people that choose to stay in them. Yeah. And yes, some are horrifically toxic. Some of them are, but not all of them are. And I think that we need to stop teaching all young hairstylists 
there's the no, there's not, commission is the isn't the problem. Way. Commission owners yes. are the problem and it's yes. finding the right one for you. Yeah. Cause there's I was, many that are I was, wrong for me that are going to be right for somebody else, you know? Exactly. And yeah. I was, I'm destined to be an entrepreneur and to work solo. And I, I enjoy literally working by myself, just me and my client. Yeah. But some people also don't like that aspect of it. They realize mm-hmm. that they missed having the people around them. So there's a lot of aspects of yeah. it that I think don't go into consideration before a lot of young stylists make that leap. Yeah. And I think that there needs to be more of a conversation around that as opposed to you'll make more money because sometimes you actually won't. It depends. No, not if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And I exactly. think it is yeah. vital, vital. Like we talk, we've talked about this pressure of, you like, or this importance of being an assistant. Assisting is how I became a good stylist, right? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely agree with that. The yep. time I spent assisting taught me, honestly, probably the biggest thing of what kind of stylist I wanted to be. Yes. You get to assist. I worked in a very large scale salon. Um, so like hundreds of stylists, not that many, but a lot of stylists, a lot <laughs> of different personalities, different clients, watching them engage with those people, consultations on different ends. That is, I cannot put a... I will never say that those experiences were bad ever. They were the most important learning experience. But I also feel like because I worked in a commission salon for the amount of time that I did, I am better for it now. I think you have to work in a commission salon. That is just, that is maybe my unpopular opinion. You should not go straight from school to work or into a return or anything. You have to assist well, while you're in school, out of school, whatever it is, whatever your journey is, but you have to work in a commission salon because you need that. You do need, you need to be able to talk to people about your formulas yes. and have the humility to do so. You need the help getting clients. Yep. You're not just going to, I mean, I mean, I could be pissing off a whole crowd, but but when you mess my up, because in, inevitably you will a lot more in your beginning years than you will in your latter years. Yeah. It also is really nice to have a boss that takes the fall and does that comp- yeah. that hard conversation. And it's, it's really hard to have that conversation yeah. when you're 21 years old and you don't really have the confidence to have that conversation. I know kids who are graduating from cosmetology school, 18 years old, because they go to a tech school and they're going right into a suite. And I'm like, a suite? It took me, it took (laughs) me a year and a half to be able to feel like I could even afford a suite. I tell people, I tell young stylists all the time that yes, your schooling might be one year, but still consider this a four-year degree because your one year is- I love that. That's something you should talk about. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to quote that somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're in case you're anyone schooling, was wondering what her yeah. next messaging was going to be. It Watch it in my reels. It's coming up next. I love it. Um, love it. <laughs> but yes, your schooling is one year, but you are on the job training for three yes. years and you need to. Yes. And without it, you, it goes back to that coach, the mentor, the, whatever, the quantum leaping through the ability of somebody who's already been there and gone through those processes. My thing just jumped around. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't want to, I don't know what just happened, but we're good. Um, no, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I love that. I love breaking it down. It's like, yeah, I, I would say like three to five years from when you yep. start cosmetology school to when you should consider, consider working for yourself or yep. 
running your own business because there's so much. And it's not like the amount of money that I pay in self-employment tax. It's not like I'm saving anything no. working for myself. And I don't get tax returns. <laughs> no, I just give them my money. I like, just that's give it. them money. Nobody's Speaking withholding of, anything. I have quarterly taxes due that I've just remembered. Same. Remember, hey guys, everyone. Quarterly taxes. It's like the 15th, I believe, here in Connecticut. Yep. I don't know if it's just, yeah, federal, right? It is. Yep. Yep. I have an accountant and a bookkeeper for that. So if they're listening. <laughs> so, yeah, that is my, um, that is my unpopular opinion is that. Yeah. It, I think that, well, and like, you know, going back to beauty school, nobody teaches you in beauty school how to run a business. Nobody. Yeah. They don't, I feel they like they, touch. and don't Absolutely. sleep. I'm like, I'm going to get Misty Jane on here because uh, I have Misty. learned so much from her. Yes. And there's a lot of things that I do now that I've been doing, but it took me many, many years yes. to yes. do. And I wish I could have known her even a year ago. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just, I think that, um, yeah, just because yeah. you're good at hair doesn't mean you should run a business. Love it. And that is, that is, that's with anything, just because you can build a house as an, yes. you, 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 you should know, own a construction own company. Yes, like, absolutely. Yes, yeah. it, it can be translated to anything, but you know, I always talk about what I know, which is yep. hair. And I love it. All right. So in closing, can you tell us our, tell our listeners, all of my listeners, um, where they can find you? So I just had a name change. Oh, I didn't even dive into that. Yeah, I Hugh was. Walker Atelier is no more. I was. She <laughs> is no more because it turns out for years nobody could remember my Instagram handle. And a lot of people me. after after <laughs> the most recent award show in Florida, a lot of people came back and changed their names because people were like yeah. getting called them and they're like, "No, that's not me." Yeah, <laughs> that's not how that's supposed so, to sound. I am now Kayla Walker underscore Education. Love it. Direct. And I want to bring value to anybody that feels that they need some confidence um, in their lives and running their business confidently and a little bit of color education on the side. Yes. Because I am still, I'm still a colorist at heart, but yeah, my, my, you do stunning work. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. My passion is, to have everybody be able to run their business confidently. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. All right. And build the business of their dreams, no matter how small their town is. That's my catch line. And that is our podcast. Kayla, thank you so much for coming to my second episode. I hope everybody takes in every single thing that we got to talk about. Kayla and I could talk about a lot of things and go down (laughs) rabbit holes and tangents, but I hope everyone was entertained by what we had to say. And Kayla, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be your second guest. I love it. I can't wait for all my other guests. Like I've got this like list. I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to all of them. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Have a great day.